Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by rockauto.com. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. Thank you, Alec Webb. Welcome to MotorWeek podcast number 258. And joining us uh, Zoom style today is our senior executive producer, Dave Scrivener. Dave? Well, that was kind of a muffled. Is that those, those antique walls you're sitting in? Uh, our writer, two-wheeling reporter, Brian Robinson. Hello, John, and everyone else. And our over-the-edge reporter and podcast producer, Greg Carlos. Hey, hey. Okay, we got a full slate today, three vehicles to talk about, a lightning round. We even have a viewer question from uh, Missy. We'll see if anybody's got any rant and raves. Dave hasn't joined us for a while, so maybe he does. But uh, anyway, let's uh, get rolling. And okay, maybe I'm the only person on the planet that, that was confused slightly for how to pronounce this. The 2023 Cadillac Lyric. Greg, you want to tell us what it is, why we should be interested in it, and what has GM got in store for us? Yeah, so this one is actually ahead of schedule by a few months. It's mm -hmm. kind of a surprise. Um, so this is an uh, all-electric SUV, and I hear all the gas now. Oh, my gosh, another all-electric SUV. Well, guess what? That's just what it is now. It's going to be all-electric yeah. SUVs and, and uh, sedans occasionally. Uh, so this is, this is Cadillac's first all-electric vehicle, the SUV. Um, so it's a 2023, so it will, uh, even though it's ahead of schedule, it won't come into production, they're saying, until early 2022, which right. is, you know, almost a year from now. Um, so it sticks styling-wise to what we've seen from Cadillac. They've got the same, uh, what do they call that, a uh, black art crystal grill. Well, I don't even know what they call it anymore. It started life as art and science, but basically it looks like... Years ago, Cadillac. wasn't it? Huh? That was 15 years ago. I know, I know, I know. But uh, it, I didn't care for it then. But I think I like it better now. Maybe I've just gotten used to it. But it, it's pretty bold. If, if you've seen one of the newer Cadillacs, you'll instantly know that this is a Cadillac by the grill, which is really doesn't have like a real grill because it doesn't need one because it's all electric. Uh, speaking of that uh, all electric platform, it's the Altium platform, which GM uses across all their brands. Um, they're going to say over 300 miles of range. This is all Cadillac estimates right now. We right. don't know specifics. Uh, 100 kilowatt hour battery. Uh, they're saying uh, horsepower. I'm looking through my numbers here. Um, over 340, ex expected 340 horsepower. Sorry. And uh, I think what they're looking for um, is probably one of like the, the bigger I think more interesting pieces of news about this one is that the home charging capabilities will, they say will be the best in the class with a 19.2 uh, kilowatt charging yeah. module. Yeah, they said that you can get, um, I think I'm remembering almost 60 miles worth of range in two hours or something like that. Yeah, and that's a at home, home. You know, like right. a, a two, 240 uh, volt. Yeah, so when, when you hear of all these fast charging situations from other EVs, you hear of it, that's DC fast charging, which nobody's really going to have at home. That's when you go somewhere and get one of those big, thick cables and really get it charged like 100 miles in 10 minutes or whatever they say it is. Um, so this will uh, enhance your capability at home. So if you're home for like your lunch break and you need some range, you can get up to 52 miles, they say, uh, which is a pretty big deal. 
Inside, we're looking like uh, an Escalade. If you were, anybody recalls that massive 33-inch screen that goes across essentially the whole desk, the whole dash, excuse me. Essentially the same thing here. Uh, very futuristic looking inside. Um, minimalist is the key word or the buzzword with all these EVs. Uh, but back to the exterior styling, I think I kind of glanced over that earlier. This is an SUV, but to me, it looks more like a wagon just lifted yeah. up a little bit. Uh, kind of, if you think of an old CTS wagon along those lines, just sits a little bit higher. So how, how big is it? Are we talking something about the size of a Mach-E Mustang or Tesla X or Y, or what are we looking, I mean, uh, X, what are we looking at size-wide? Size-wise, I mean, we know? I don't know if we have dimensions yet. I'm looking at it from a profile right now. It looks longer than a Mach-E. Uh, but not quite as tall. Uh, but th that could be deceiving because, like we've seen in the Mach E, it looks like it's sloping, but it actually has quite a bit of rear headroom. Brian, do you know any more details? Uh, no, it's definitely mid-size, smaller than Escalade. Um, I think similar in size to the Mazda CX-9, just from the looks of it. Um, as far as what Greg was saying with the styling, I don't know if it looks so much like current Cadillacs or not. I think it looks better. I think a lot of the recent Cadillacs I've been more showy. This one kind of looks more classy to mm. me, uh, a little more rounded, not not chiseled. Uh, I like the looks of it. You don't necessarily know it's an EV by looking at it. Uh, it just looks like a really nice Cadillac SUV. And it's they're bringing out the uh, rear-wheel drive only mm. base model first, uh, which is the exact opposite of what they're doing with, uh, over on the GMC Hummer side. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to have to wait another two, three years to get the base model on that. So I'm um, intrigued by that, um, but I'm looking forward to driving it for sure. I, I kind of want to know more about this uh, regen on demand. They have a new, like an updated system. Remember the ELR was one of the first cars to have the actually paddle activated regen. So yeah. you, could, you could activate the regen braking with a paddle. And now this one, they're claiming that I think it's actually pressure sensitive. So you might be able to, I would assume, like dial in certain amounts by how hard you pull on it. Certain cars have the, the panels to adjust the sensitivity of it. Is it like that, you think? Or I like understood it as like it actually act. It doesn't necessarily change the uh, aggressiveness of it. It just actually engages the regen braking. Yeah, you, you can, can it's, it's like a handbrake. You can actually use the paddles as a brake. Which you can do on the um, uh, the Bolt EV as well. I mean, people right. that's what that's what people use to do the one pedal driving. So I'm assuming you would that you'd be able to do one pedal driving if you want to. I I'm not a fan of that, but one pedal in one hand. Yeah. Yes, one pedal on. And by the way, it will have the latest version of Super Cruise on it. So Yeah. I will note the comment. Uh, not on this, no. I'm <laughs> looking forward to seeing it in person. <laughs> well, that, while I'm on you, let's go to the second vehicle. And, and here we go. It's another EV. What do you know? Uh, 2022 Mercedes-Benz EQS. A big sedan, like the size of an S-Class, I guess. Take yeah, it away. Similar to the S-Class. It's the first model to come out from the uh, EQS. Is it EQ or EQS sub-brand from Mercedes? EQ. All electric. Yeah. Um, comes in both rear-wheel drive or formatic. Um, the formatic one has electric motor at both axles for a total of like 516 horsepower. Um, both a saying 300 plus mile range. The um, 96,000 to start, 
which I guess puts it in the league with Tesla and probably gives them a run for the money very much in technology, certainly in styling, certainly material quality, fit and finish. The interior is gorgeous on this car. The, the exterior has what they call a one arc design. It kind of slopes. What do you think about the looks of it? I mean, the photo, the original, I, mean, I like the, the, the drawings were really, I thought. It look like, jelly beanish. Yeah. Good. It has a lot of mid midline character lines to, to offset the single arc. So it's not just a doorstop or a jelly bean. Um, the, um, the headlights are pretty trick. It has digital light headlights with each lamp uses like 1.3 million mirrors to help focus the light. And you can put patterns on the ground like a, a faux crosswalk to warn pedestrians it's safe to cross in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Would I trust the driver to do that? <laughs> I never have enough time to figure out which button to push to, you know, but I mean, Mercedes, you expect the quality and technology to be there. And I think they finally have someone who can steal some Tesla sales in that realm of, you know, luxury EVs. I, th I think it was you, Robinson, who made the comment in the, and I think we have an upcoming first look on it, that it's the first true luxury uh, EV sedan. Like where some EV sedans were luxurious, but this is like a luxury EV sedan. EVS class, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can't get away without talking about the entire face of the dash is touch panel screens going across. Um, so it's got a lot of high tech in it. They claim their batteries are more dense, uh, energy dense than anyone else's batteries to this point, uh, which should be uh, pretty cool. And you can, they say you can charge them with up to 200 kilowatts, which is way more than what anyone else can use. I'm not sure if that's all just marketing speak, but um, what was your take on the two-tone paint? Uh, not a fan. Throwback. I, I thought it looked odd on it. On that battery thing, though, they are talking 400 uh, mile range, which is uh, elevated from what most people. Have yeah, talked. that's the that's the euro numbers. I'm not sure they'll really they, translate to our numbers. They 300 plus for the EPA cycle. The Europeans always a little bit more optimistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I, so, I'm, I'm definitely going to stop short of calling it beautiful because it, it's so, I don't know. It's almost like what everybody thought a futuristic car was going to look like 30 years ago, which is now not necessarily cool in my opinion. But it, It's interesting looking, but I, I'm glad they did it with a sedan, but I wonder, you know, since even Tesla's, you know, recognizing that the, the market is in SUVs, if, if they don't, are not going to follow this up pretty We've already seen some of their other ideas. And I think they'll be following it up with some kind of a uh, SUV on that chassis soon. But speaking of Tesla, they just set record profits and record deliveries. So, um, you know, they're they're increasingly going to be the target for everybody to aim at. For as many, many people. Go ahead, Greg. I was going to say, for as many people and comments we get about not liking EVs, they're starting to sell more and more of them. So, yep. And if anybody gives you a hard time about the way it looks, just Remind them it's the most uh, air efficient car ever to this point. So is that right? Wow. Yes. According it, it, to was Mercedes, a, it was a fun press release to read because they were like, it is the most air efficient car ever made, ever all Aero time in history. Arrow. It's a piece of paper. Flat. <laughs> Let's now talk about something that actually still uses an internal combustion engine. 
the 2022 Hyundai Santa Cruz. How long have we been looking at the Santa Cruz, a small pickup truck from Hyundai to come? Is it 10 years, eight years? It's been a long time. 2015 concept vehicle. There you go. And if, if if you go back before that, when the original Hyundai Genesis came out, I went to their proving grounds to drive that, and they had trucks running around back then. Wow. So testing them. So they've been looking at trucks for a long time. Uh, it's interesting up to this point, uh, it's been Subaru's job to make really small pickup trucks that no one really wants. No, the Brat. <laughs> like the, and the Baja. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I guess they haven't made one in a while. So Hyundai's picking up the slack. But I think the timing is good. Trucks are getting so big and so expensive. We really do need smaller, more affordable options. I know Ford, they're working on a Maverick, which is smaller right. than the Ranger. That yep. should be out next year. And uh, But having said that, is it too small? It's not based on the midsize Santa Fe, so it's not Ridgeline size. It's based on the Tucson compact, so it's more Baja size, Brat size. But the cool thing about it, if you've seen the new Tucson, which is also all new for 22, it's got a really big black grill, and then it widens as it goes up to the top towards where the headlights would be, but instead of stopping at the headlights, it actually goes over top of the headlights. The headlights are behind the grill. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. But from there back, it's all Tucson, so you get back to the C-pillar. So inside, it's got plenty of room. Uh, Tucson's pretty roomy for the compact segment. Uh, the C-pillar is really chunky, and then the bed kind of descends from there to the end, kind of like the original ridge line, if you remember that. Super short bed, only four and a half feet. Yeah. But being front wheel drive, it's got the uh, cargo bed in cargo area inside the bed, like the Ridge Line has. Other cool feature: it's got the uh, integrated tonneau cover in the front of the bed. Uh, if you just roll it back, there's like channels in the side of the bed, so you can keep everything you know out of the weather and locked up. And uh, yeah, it's 2.5 liter engine, I4. You can get a regular uh, or turbo. Turbo is like 275 horsepower. Same thing. It's in the Kia. K5 GT. So uh, according to them, it'll tow 5,000 pounds, which I don't know. That's a, that's enough engine to do it. But that, yeah, that's short of a wheelbase. I don't know. But that that's a lot of power for a little truck. It's going to be fun for sure. The, uh, you know, there they're, are all the press materials, they're calling it midsize. But if you look at the length, I mean, it's like, I don't know, it's 17 inches shorter than a Colorado, but it's about the same size as the last compact Ford Rangers. So really it's, it's a compact truck. And I think the, the Maverick is probably gonna fall into that too. Any, uh, any other comments? Is it too small? What do you think? I don't think it's too small. Uh, you know, a pickup truck bed is a pickup truck bed. And the reason we like them so much is just because you can just throw all your dirty stuff in the back and move on and that that tonneau cover is like perfect for like what they're marketing it for which is people who live in a city and then go out and do stuff on the weekend which by the way literally every manufacturer who makes like a small crossover says this they're like it's for the person who lives in the city and likes to go do things on the weekend and like hyundai actually says okay well let's make it a pickup truck let's like actually let these people do stuff in it so i I mean no. I'm excited to drive one, and I I do think they actually hit the mark on this one. I mean, the, uh, just introduced a Sienna with all-wheel drive and a raised ground clearance for families to go out. Like I, you wouldn't go to Moab with it, but 
but you go to the ski resorts uh, in snow uh, and weather. Cabin or whatever. And yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, it. I think it's exciting. We've needed some small, smaller than what we've had pickup trucks for a while. Uh, this, we know it's Hyundai, so it's going to be priced right. I think that's going to give the it's going to give the Ford Maverick some run for its money. So I'm I'm excited about it. I think it's a good expansion of the market. But it just took them a long time right. to bring it to the market. Boy. All right. Thanks, everybody. Let's move on to our lightning round. Uh, we've we used to take say we had 30 seconds to talk about this, but let's it's an open forum. This is a very interesting one. We've really never talked about anything like this, I don't think, on uh, our podcast before. For the second year in a row, uh, the nonprofit Drive Towards a Cure will be raising funds for Parkinson's disease and encouraging enthusiasts to simply get out and drive, you know, get away from these Zoom meetings and go see what it's like to still remember how to drive a car. For a $20 registration fee, entrants will be eligible for weekly random drawings and prizes, including gift cars worth over 100 bucks autographed books, racing shoes and apparel, limited edition posters, artwork, and a lot more. So it's a very good cause. But really, I want to use this to ask each of you, or all four of us, really, um, if you had a chance to plan your dream drive in any car, what would it be? Assuming it's a car that will get you there. No. Sure. All right, I'll start off. Well, in the past eight months, I haven't sat still. I've covered um, uh, 12,000 miles on, on work trips across 24 states. I'm adding 3,000 more miles next month, driving in Tulsa and back. Um, all, all socially distanced and, and all, doing the uh, low trips. COVID yeah. priorities. And, uh, Plus, like, Texas on the Valentine's Day snowstorm was not a lot of fun, but yeah. interesting trip nonetheless. Um, my all-time favorite U.S. road is Route 70 from Denver to Grand Junction. Mm. I've driven it several times, everything from a Viper GTS to a Winnebago. The scenery, the road's in great shape. It's well-engineered. It goes beside the river for a certain point. It's just a gorgeous road to drive, uh, fast or slow. Um, the, the car to drive it in, for me, I'm shopping for one kind of half-heartedly now. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> 2009 Audi S8 V10. Wow. They were about 120 grand new and they're about 20 grand now. <laughs> I think my dad's friend recently bought one or flipped. He did. He had one for a little bit. He very much gets a car, sells it and moves on. I love That's those big stands with a little, little bit of power to them and just cruise all day in it. Yeah, I did the Fiat 500X to Fargo, the Kia Seltos to Dallas and back. And I drove the TLX Acura. To California and back most recently. And I prefer kind of an SUV for a road trip just for visibility, but I could get used to the Audi pretty quick, I think. Greg or Brian? Uh, yeah, I actually put a little bit of thought into this one. I think I would go, I need something, the car naturally aspirated, V8 or higher, V8 or V10. I think I would go probably like a Ferrari 328, 308, something in that era. Targa. Okay. Amalfi Coast, maybe. I went there once in college, which was absolutely beautiful. It scared me to death that we were driving like a, I don't know, a 30-passenger bus or whatever it was. And the driver is just like cruising on the coast. And we are like 
what seems like inches from falling over the edge. Uh, but I think driving around in a, in a roofless Ferrari would be pretty cool. Brian? Yeah, I, yeah actually, we, we do a big scenic drive every year somewhere in the country. So I've been a lot of uh, all over the country, a lot of cool roads. Uh, I was actually planning last summer doing the loneliest road in America, in Nevada. So, uh, yeah, I did it a long time ago, but it's been a while. I'd like to get back there. So that would be, since I have that one planned, I guess that would be my dream one. The vehicle would be, if I was solo, I'd want to be uh, on a Triumph Tiger Explorer 1200. Uh, if I was had my old lady along, uh, <laughs> I would definitely go with the uh, Indian Roadmaster because I like to keep my girl comfortable. But <laughs> a, a road that I've done, uh, I'd like to do again, the, the whole coastline in Washington State uh, is amazing. And it's, it's like, if not better, it's just as good as California, but with 10% of the traffic. It really, it really is gorgeous. Mine is a little is is it's also a throwback as most of everybody else's has been. Um, back when I first uh, joined Maryland Public Television, shortly after I did, I bought a 1973 uh, Di Tommaso Pantera, and some of the most enjoyable drives I ever took with my soon-to-be wife at the time, Cheryl, were just anywhere we'd get in it and go. And if it didn't break down, we had a really wonderful time. But I'd really like to do that sort of in the one that got away because I, I was trying to choose between two cars at the Pantera, which had an American Ford engine in it. And at the same time, you could buy uh, a 72 uh, Dino, uh, Ferrari Dino for about the same amount of money. And the Ferrari aspect scared me a little bit and the Fiat engine scared me a little. So I didn't, of course. I should have because that's worth a whole lot more than the Panteras are today. But give me a 72 Dino that's been gone over well. And the trip I'd like to take actually is up and down. I'd like to start in the, the end of the interstate in Maine and drive all the way to Key West and not get on any interstates, just do back roads the whole way, not set any distance, just probably hug, hug the coast as much as possible and take whatever time it takes. For once in my life, I'd like actually the journey to not be um, to a calendar or a time clock, but that, that's mine. Yeah, I, nice. I think the Dino would be kind of fun. I'd take any one of them, guys. Yeah, it sounds like a sounds like we've all all got good, terrific ideas. So. I just now remembered, Scriv. Oh. Remember our last trip in 2019, maybe to, with Porsche. They just handed us the keys, me to this 996 GT3, and Scriv had a a 991 uh speedster and we were just ripping through sonoma and these cars are just like sure guys take them meet you at lunch yeah. <laughs> uh it's tough work but somebody's got to do it I know. thanks everybody uh, a good cause by the way drive towards a cure uh, we have a viewer question from missy where do y'all i guess missy's from the south where do y'all film your driving shots the background is gorgeous Greg, I'm going to let you uh, approach that one since you're involved with the road testing uh, every day. We've Don't got a say it. <laughs> what? What'd you say, we've Brian? I uh, just say, don't say it. Don't say it. Un undisclosed locations. Un undisclosed, technically. But I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll say we hang around. So we're in Maryland. Uh, right. 
we hang around the Baltimore County, Carroll County area. Sometimes we'll make it out to Frederick County. Um, the, the roads are purposefully uh, pastoral and away from people because as much as we like to talk to people, we also have to get work done. So yeah. <laughs> as long as there's not a lot of cars driving through and those are the roads we've picked. Um, but We have uh, a, a very compact shooting schedule, Missy, but when they go out, they're basically looking for roads with minimal traffic, uh, roads where in many cases, we've gotten to know all the people that live along the roads, so they don't mind us turning around in our driveways. But we live in a state that's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it, you get away from the big cities, and it's a beautiful state to drive in. So they want roads that are sunny without the dappling of the shade because it plays their cameras. But it's hard to find a sunny road that has curves to it. A lot of the farms are laid out in squares, so you get a lot of straight roads in the sun where crops grow. And the shady stuff's in the woods. <laughs> Plus, also these days, those another reason we do what Dave just mentioned is after we shoot the drive-bys and the GoPro shots, we then launch the drones. And so you need to be able to see the car overhead. And I will say our videographers are so good that they basically, in about a two and a half hour stretch, can shoot the drive-bys, shoot the drone shots, shoot the GoPro. And they, you know, move on to the next car. And that's the kind of production schedule we have. It's a lot harder, Missy, when we go shoot cars in a uh, another location where a manufacturer might be doing an introduction. It usually is a, not nearly as difficult. But uh, thank you very much for the compliment. Uh, but it's a good compliment to the state of Maryland. Very pretty back roads. Well, that kind of runs through the main agenda. Does anybody have a rant or rave? Dave, you haven't been on in a while. Anything? You know, I don't actually, John. I'm going pretty good these days. <laughs> so tell, you know, you mentioned that snowstorm that you got stuck in uh, heading west. Was there any driving behavior there that drove you crazy? Because, I mean, you spent well, was, a lot was, of time in that TLX. I was pretty impressed. I mean, first I got to Texas. I thought, yeah, I've got Texas. I'm almost there. And it says El Paso, 900 miles. It's like, good Lord. <laughs> drive as fast as you want you'll still be here all day <laughs> but then uh, the snowstorm hit i tried to go south to avoid it but i hit the snow and the ice storm anyway and for hours i was driving on interstate 10 following a set of tire tracks mm. alone on the interstate with no one around me uh, when there were cars before they started pulling off they all got in a slow lane but their flashers on at 20 miles an hour now, i was flying by at 35 you know, but... yankee the lane discipline was great, I thought. Uh, despite Texas not being used to snow and ice, that they might have been too scared to go in the fast lane. They just all got in line and yeah. went down the road at a trudges pace. You know, it was fine. That's good. I figured if I stopped now, I'd be stuck for two days with no power. I had to be in California where it's warmer. Just keep heading south, young man, and go. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were texting the whole way, and it's like it's not move. while he was driving. The off. The, the wipers kept icing up. Yeah, huh. the only fault with the Acura. <laughs> Everybody hey, else got anything? Did Dave? Did you do the old reach out the window and grab when the uh, wipers were I too icy? There was no on the road, so I stopped where I was in the road. <laughs> the wipers kept going and never saw a car. 
It was a, the fact you made that trip in that kind of weather, it was a good testament to the, uh, to the accurate TLX you were driving. It was. I, took, I took an all-wheel drive on purpose. Yeah. Um, I would have taken an SUV, but one wasn't available. I was with all-season tires that did just fine. It's made to go through stuff like that. Pretty amazing. And don't be scared of it. Just drive sensibly and slowly and keep moving. Just remember... Just because it's got four-wheel drive, the brakes won't necessarily stop you. I, we passed a lot of cars on the on the on the median strip on the outside of, of off-camber turns. Mm. They just slid right off the road. Yeah. <laughs> I slowed yeah. down to 10 and just creeped on through the corner and it was fine. But yeah. the idea is always to slow down before you have to slow down. Yes. If you, if you ever watch a race, they hit the brakes before they get to the corner. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Robinson, anything to add today? Oh, no, sir. Life is good. He never hits <laughs> the, go. Robinson never hits the brakes. No, he never hits the brakes. Full pedal to the metal. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Brian. And thank you out there, everybody, uh, for joining us today. I also want to thank uh, our uh, audio engineer back at home base who puts this together and makes us sound as well as uh, humanly possible, Jim Bigwood. Greg, our podcast pr producer, and of course, our creator is Bob Mixter. We have to get Bob on one of these uh, sometime soon. Uh, let everybody see who he is. We mention his name every uh, two weeks. Well, he's okay. a bike. Just we should test some e-bikes and have Bob be our tester. Yeah, because he's quite a bicyclist, a bike rider, or whatever. A bike rider for motorbikes, bicyclist, bicyclist. Yes, right. he is. Bicyclist. Well, we're talking about doing some kind of a comparison coming up on electric bikes. So it would be a good idea to get him involved. Trending. Yep. Okay, everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, if you have a chance, uh, please catch Motor Week on your local public television stations. If you're wondering uh, what time we're on, go to motorweek.org, our website. On the upper right is about the show. Pull that tab down. Put in your uh, zip code. It'll pop up the station uh, nearest you that carries us. Also, you can catch us on Tuesdays and several other times during the week on our cable partner over at Motor Trend. But you can watch almost everything we do anytime you wish at youtube.com slash motorweek, including all of Ben Davis's uh, famous retro reviews going back through our 40-year archive of um, trying to keep you informed of what uh, you're about to buy or just what's going on in the auto industry. Till next time, for all of us at Motor Week, I'm John Davis, and thank you for being a part of Motor Week. You've been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. Motor Week is made possible by rockauto.com. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at motorweek.org. And watch Motor Week, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.